Welcome back, Arizona Nation. I have a very exciting podcast. This is going to be our first bas- basketball podcast of the season, and I'm very excited to have Jave from uh, playersprogramu.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at playersprogramu. We are a players program. Superman up, up, and away. Give him a cape. 72 NBA draft picks. Oh, Hollis Jefferson. There's the rim rocker. 36 conference championships. Marketing right by Justice. He's on the mark today. 31 All-American. McConnell with a steal. Throw it up, throw it up. Throw it down. 18 Sweet 16s. He goes lob play. Aaron Gordon. Do it again. Over the head jam. Eleven elite eights. Bayless all the way to the rack with authority. Four final fours. Sure, another three-pointer. NBA three-pointer. One national championship. Lonzo Trier down the lane. Ristich up top. Alkins down the lane. Who slams it home <laughs> with two hands? Holy cow! Put him on a poster. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is Arizona. Happy to be here. All right. Awesome, Javi. So um, I know that we talked a little bit um, on Twitter back and forth with each other in the past, and I, and I started following your, your Twitter handle as, as soon as I saw it out there. Why don't you tell some of the listeners how, how you got started with this website and the kind of content that you like to bring for Arizona fans? Uh, well, I pretty much got started after uh, Point Guard You, the website went down, um, and I kept going back hoping that it was going to come up because that was a big place to uh, to talk to Arizona fans, uh, talk with Arizona fans. And once I realized it wasn't coming back, then I just decided I was going to start a new website for the community to come to. Um, same thing with Twitter. And I started a Twitter handle and it just all came from that. Yeah. I really like how, uh, I think you're one of the good, uh, follows on Twitter cause you, you often, uh, break news. And, um, I, th- I think that your resources are very well, uh, well vetted and you're very reliable. You're not out there just throwing out stuff to throw it out there. Um, like the previous site we mentioned might've had a preponderance to do. And, uh, I, I, um, I think you have some, uh, some new information for us. I I know we were talking a little about, uh, about Noah Dickerson. Uh, you want to give us a little update on what's happening with that, that you've, you've been able to gather. Oh yeah. Noah Dickerson, the big man from Washington, um, went down with an injury. He sprained his ankle. Um, he came back, uh, from the locker room with crutches uh, and a large ice pack. Um, and it looks like it's going to be very doubtful for him to play against Arizona. Yeah. I know, uh, Chris Cartman from ASU had, uh, had mentioned that it looked like a pretty significant injury. And then immediately, uh, Jason Shear uh, tweeted, there's no way Arizona could get that lucky. He would play on a bionic ankle. So I thought that was pretty stuff, pretty funny stuff on Twitter there. So definitely been keeping an eye on that. And then, uh, we, we were close on having Brandon Williams ready to go against ASU. It, It wasn't to happen. Uh, what's the status with him? Yeah, he was really close. And, and actually, Miller threw him out there, um, I think, uh, to kind of have Hurley wondering. Um, and he left uh, Chase Jeter 
uh, out of warmups also, I think to kind of have ASU wondering if he was going to play. Um, but yeah, they decided to just not to hold him out and not let him play. So he should be good to go to play against Washington. A little cat and mouse from Miller there. Yeah, I was real yeah. disappointed when uh, Hurley finally got his win. But, you know, one in six isn't uh, anything I think we need to wring our uh, hands about too much. Um, let's take some time and just go over that game. I was uh, I went down for the game. The crowd there was the absolute smallest Arizona crowd I've ever seen in McHale North. Um, there was just a smattering of U of A fans. And I, I would say that was probably a combination of the results of this season and a little bit of the success in Tempe. I don't think they had quite as much um, momentum as they had last year when there was still quite a few uh, Arizona fans at the Tempe game. Certainly nothing like um, the the smattering of ASU fans that come down to Tucson. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, poorly, poorly attended by us, but I think it's understandable with the team. Let's just turn the clock back a little bit before we jump into the ASU game. So, you know, obviously the Schleybach report comes out, and that's been, you know, largely um, defeated on social media, despite uh, Dick Vitale's insistence that this is still a thing. Um, right. And... So the, we lose a, a big chunk of our recruiting class, and I, and I think Brandon Williams, uh, you know, I personally would say is the best player on the team. But as you were coming into this season, were you hopeful? Did you have high expectations of the team, or, or were you kind of waiting for next year? I was hopeful, but realistically, I knew it was going to be really tough for us to make it to the tournament. Um, it just all depended on Chase Jeter, Williams. Um, I knew that Jeter was going to have to be – uh, really good. And I think that he's actually the most important player on the team along with Williams, but yeah, just unbelievable that we lost both of them back to back like this. Yeah. I don't think anybody would argue with, uh, chase Jeter is the most valuable player with the absence of him and the interior, even earlier in the season during the Hawaii tournament, when he, when he fouled out, you could see how it really changed the ability of the team to function. And, uh, I, I do think Brandon Williams is the best player, but certainly chase Jeter is the most valuable because there really isn't anybody who can replace what he provides to the team. Um, yeah, as the season evolved, you know, early on in the Hawaii tournament, I, I thought, Hey, that was a pretty good showing. We hung with Gonzaga until, you know, late and, and they turn it on and then they subsequently beat Duke. And, uh, you know, as we finished up non-conference play and, and moved into conference play, and then we had a pretty good run right out of the gate in conference play. So I, I was feeling a lot more optimistic. Uh, Coleman, you know, out of the gate looked pretty good, but then at least had his struggles. And, and up until the LA swing without Jeter, when, you know, for instance, we took out Oregon state, which I think is a real solid team. Oh yeah, uh, and I thought we had a legitimate chance to hang and and maybe represent in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, at this point, with getting Jeter back and then potentially Williams, I think obviously uh, Washington is going to be the litmus test. I'm I'm a little surprised they're at the top of the heap. What do you think about them coming into the season? Um, I figured they'd be the number one team. I thought they're going to be the team to beat. Um, they got just a solid group of players, and I just. I know, I know they started off slow, but I knew they were going to be the team that everybody's going to be uh, gunning for. Um, and also, uh, if it's pretty much this is the biggest game of the season for the Wildcats because I don't know if you noticed or if you saw the the Lenardi bracketology. Um, oh yeah, I got he it. still yeah, has. Yeah. yeah, he still has Arizona as the uh, first team out in the uh, last four out of the tournament right now, even after the ASU loss. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, next, yeah, he's got him on the next four out. 
Next four out, yeah, next yeah. four out. So, yeah, he still has some in striking range. Well, let's just go ahead and jump to the brackets. I mean, we'll definitely touch on the ASU game in more depth, but since you brought it up, I have both the CBS bracket and Joe Lenardi's, and I didn't actually notice that about the, the Lenardi bracket, so that's a good point. So first four out is VCU, Temple, Utah State, San Francisco. Next four out, Arizona, Crichton, Butler, Clemson. Um, he has um, Washington as the flag bearer um, for the conference, and where are they? Because I know the ASU is on the play-in game for him. Where do you have them ranked? Do you remember? Off the I think ASU was ten. Yeah, 10 he's got. Seed, I think he's got ASU eleven on the play-in, and then he's got okay. Washington as an eight. So uh, um, those are the only two Pac-12 teams he has. Uh, do you think that's fair? Do you think that we're going to get more than a, a tournament uh, bid in? Is Washington going to go? And if they don't win the tournament, we're going to get two. Could we get three teams in, into the tournament? I don't know if we can get three teams in the tournament. Yeah, I think we're going to have to beat Washington. Um, we'll pretty much have to finish 7-2 and two to have a chance or win the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, I, I was kind of of the opinion before I saw that bracket. And, and then just to kind of complete the, the full circle here, um, CBS's bracketology um, has um, – Let's see here. Washington is a seven seed. And then they have an issue quite a bit higher. They have them at trying to find these guys here. It's hard to find them when it's all over the place Uh, as a 10. So, yeah, I think uh, that's where I saw them as a 10 seed. Yeah. on the CBS one. And then, uh, first four out on them is Florida, Texas, Indiana, Belmont. I mean, obviously there's a long way to go. Um, you know, I, I don't think we're going to put a ton of stock into you know either one of those brackets because there's so much more basketball to be played. Um, but it's interesting that that those are the teams that are in the tournaments, and you know, obviously we're going to have a chance to improve it, and maybe we'll catch Washington when they're on an injury and and turn around a little bit of the bad luck we've been having. Uh, let's just uh, step back and, and go back to the ASU game because obviously that was important with ASU being uh, you know number two in the Pac-12 right now, and and obviously it's a rivalry game and a, and a team we've had quite a bit of luck with. We got back Jeter, as you pointed out, he was able to play 31 minutes. He only went one from five from the floor. Oh yeah, um, but he did. He did get the th- uh, eight free throws uh, and made five of them. He got five rebounds um, on the offensive boards, which was really nice in an area we really needed him. Um, what did you think about getting him back and and how his absence affected the team, the dynamic, and and then how he came back into that game because he looked pretty seamless in his return to me. Maybe a little bit of rust. It was huge. Yeah, getting him back totally changes the whole dynamic of the team because um, then we have no inside game uh i know that lee was playing center and they list him at six eight but he's really six seven ish and i mean luther he's more of a finesse player he can't really he's not too athletic he can't jump that high and i mean we just can't hold our own against any big man without jeter in there so him coming back was just huge because if we didn't have him back for the ASU game, I think we would have lost by double digits. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, you know, our our rebounding margin with him out was so absolutely abysmal. Um, I forget what the UCLA rebounding margin is, and honestly, I don't want to go back and look because I, I might have <laughs> to. I might experience some uh, PTSD right there. So yeah, exactly. Uh, but those five offensive rebounds were huge, um, and, and then eight total uh, with the defense. So uh, you know, the fact that he came in, he played 31 minutes. That was. Uh, that was a pretty good chunk of time for a guy who had been out for a couple of weeks with that back injury. Um, 
but we didn't have uh, Brandon Williams. So we saw a lot more of, of Alex Barcelo. Uh, we saw a lot more of uh, Devin or Dutrieve. What'd you make of their performance in limited action uh, driven by the absence of Williams? Um, I think they played well. Uh, Bar- Barcelo, I mean, I was, I was hoping he was going to play better and, and he'd have a bigger chance to show showcase his skills. Um, but you know, he plays hard, but he just didn't have too good of a, a shooting game or all around game. Uh, then you got Devonair and he's super athletic. I like everybody wants to see him play. And, uh, he made a couple mistakes, but he had some big rebounds and, um, he also did well. And then Dylan Smith, um, you know, he, he was definitely up and down as usual. I mean, uh, he's either on or he's totally, totally off. So it's just, one of those things with him. I, I actually thought, and I, I know how um, Arizona fans have become real schizophrenic towards Dylan Smith with his play, and it, it's understandable. Obviously, uh, Coach Miller has a lot of faith in him because of his defensive toughness, and you know, Miller's always going to defer to the more senior players. He, you know, oh, yeah. that's been his mo the whole time. It's if you're surprised by this, you haven't been watching him for the last ten years. So uh, to pull your hair out about it. Uh, I, you know, it's probably only going to make your hair thinner. So no reason to do that. But he shot three from five from three point land, which is, you know, serviceable. He didn't dribble into a lot of, you know, corners and, and turn the ball over um, relative to the normal amount, you know, he has. Um, so he only, he only had uh, one recorded turnover. So um, he had an assist. He had a steal. I think that's a stat line you can expect from him. And, and I, I didn't think his performance was anything you would um, – you know, turn your nose up given the circumstances. However, Ryan Luther went thermonuclear on ASU. What did you think he about did. his performance? That was the Ryan Luther I was expecting all year long. So, I mean, it was awesome. It, and like uh, Miller says, he just wants him to keep shooting. So hopefully from this point on, he just starts shooting at least eight threes a game and, you know, is just uh, – just becomes the player we all thought he was going to be because yeah, he was definitely a different player uh, on Thursday night. Yeah. I think this game epitomizes his struggles when he's expected to come inside and be the five. It just doesn't fit a skill set. I mean, he's five from eight from three. He scored 19 points. He even had a couple steals and listen, that rebounding night isn't going to ever happen again. The ball was falling into yeah. his hands left and right. I mean, that was, that was, oh, luck. Yeah. that was luck. I mean, you got to give him effort and, and, you know, Effort begets luck. I, I, you know, luck favors are prepared and all that stuff. I don't, I don't begrudge him having a lucky night, but it was a lot of luck. You know, that wasn't athletic ability, effort f- for sure. But we're not going to see that again. But the five for eight from three, he wasn't underneath. He wasn't. He wasn't forced to rebound. He was able to rebound, and and it fits his his style. Um, you know, much more importantly, I, I really had a nice night on the boards. Um, wasn't able to put too many points up, but it was very serviceable. Overall, the offensive output of the, t- the team was, you know, pretty impressive. Um, it was more than enough to win the game, as Miller pointed out. I mean, we shot 50% from three, uh, 40% from the floor, um, and 74% from the line. That's enough to win. Unfortunately, uh, Remy Martin could have thrown the ball into the ocean every time. He couldn't miss anything. He went five from seven from three. 
Um, the kid got 12, uh, attempts at the free throw line and made 10 of them. I, I did notice somebody on social media pointed out that he, he drives to the lane. Uh, he kicks his leg out and then gets, <laughs> gets a call. Um, he does. What, what, what'd you think of that? Uh, I agree. I totally agree with that. Yeah. He, uh, he played out of his mind. I mean, and it was, it was one of the most frustrating things to watch. And I mean, there's always one, at least one ASU player that U of A fans are going to hate. And he's definitely going to be the one from this point on until his career is over at ASU. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely a more dislikable version of, um, Oh, his name of the little kid who'd always jerk his head back every time he drove to the lane. He's the one who made the big dunk when they finally beat us. And there was like no seconds left and he slammed the ball down. Is that Mario Bennett? No, 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 no. More recently oh, that was than a while that. Back. Um, I'm not sure. I'm totally struggling on this kid's name. He's a littler dude. Carson. Point Carson. Jahi Carson. Yeah. 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 When G, you know how, how Jahi's little move. So Remy's Martin's to drive the lane, kick his leg out, and then get the foul. Uh, Jahi's move was every time he was driving, he'd, he'd you know, hit, uh, whiplash his head back like someone, you yeah. know, you know, punched him right in the schnoz every single time to try to get the call. Um, and then Zylan Cheatham's really been having a, a quite a year. He, he snags 22 rebounds. And, and the reason I mention that is despite us getting more rebounding, um, you know, we were, we were still out re- rebounded by three and I don't think that trend's going to change. Even with Jeter back, um, this team overall just doesn't have the length to compete for those rebounds and those deficits matter. Um, I thought it was great. We took them to overtime, uh, but that overtime period was pretty flat, and it ended pretty quickly after that. Yeah, I think we just ran out of gas. I mean, Dylan Smith was already fouled out, and, I mean, Chase Jeter wasn't 100%, uh, and, you know, they definitely gave it their all. Coleman hit that clutch three-pointer, but I kind of already had a feeling once it went to overtime that I don't know how much they had left in them. Yeah, they just didn't have it in the tank, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, I agree with you on Barcelo. Just to get get back to that point, I, I was hoping he'd kind of have that nice game. And when he finally hit one three, I thought, here, we, you know, f- you know, they talk about how well he shoots it in practice. But if I hear one more person talk about well how well he shoots it in practice, I'm probably going to vomit. So I'm not going to do that to myself. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's move on from that. I I don't know that we're ever gonna. I, so you know, looking l- let's let's look forward a little bit on the schedule here. So. Like we talked about, we got Washington coming up, game of the year, like you said. Uh, Dickerson may be out. We've got Jeter back. Williams should be starting. What do you think about our chances in that game? Well, I mean, if Dickerson's out, uh, we definitely have a good chance to beat him, I think, because uh, if Brandon Williams comes back, Chase Chase Jeter's going to be hopefully close to 100%. Um, then, I mean, we can definitely uh, hang with them. And then it just all dep- comes down to our three-point shooting and and then rebounding, like you said. Yeah, this team really has had to rely on the three-point shot without a big interior presence, and it, it really hasn't come through with them. Now, their defense has been very solid um, n- n- last game withstanding. And so I think it's tough to give yourself too much grief um, about the L.A. trip, uh, given the circumstances. And then it's always going to be tough to um, slow down ASU's offense because if they're hitting shots, they're going to score a ton. And if they're not, they're not. And they're a real live-by-the-quick-three, die-by-the-quick-three program uh, under Hurley. So, you know, if they're hitting them, it's, it just is what it is. You have to match them. Um, I don't know that you're going to 
overly defended. I think, the, like I pointed out, the rebounds are the issue. But we look past Washington, and then we've got Washington State at home. We've been on a three-game road trip. We're coming back to home. McHale's a great place. Uh, the crowd should be there and should be fired up for Washington, given Washington's thing. So I, I think that's going to be a real reprieve. Even if we drop one to Washington, we should get another win at Washington State. Then we have the uh, road trip up to the mountain schools. That's always going to be tough, but Utah isn't looking as tough as it was when we beat them at McHale. I don't know that Colorado is going to be as big a challenge for us. I think that's a chance for us to potentially get the uh, rare mountain trip sweep, which we really don't play well at altitude. What do you think about our chances on that trip? I think, I think we have, uh, they're looking good. I think we can beat both Utah and uh, Colorado and, and definitely come back with two wins on that road trip. Yeah, I, I think that it's going to be – a lot's going to hinge on that because, you know, if we lose to Washington, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised. Obviously, we may be, you know, catching some lightning in a bottle there. Frustration, three-foot straight losses on the road. Uh, we may take it out on Washington, and that would be a good time to do it. Washington State, like we said, I think, you know, you can probably pencil that one in without too much uh, arrogance. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, listen, you don't want to look too far ahead. But we're just for the yeah. sake of a like a uh, intellectual exercise – so getting the rare you know, sweep on the mountain schools really puts us in a unique situation because coming home, California, Stanford, I think it's reasonable to think we'd have a solid chance there. This isn't the best Arizona team. Certainly things can go wrong. We've seen that from them before. But then I think it really comes down to that Oregon trip, which could be two losses. I mean, it's going to be tough to go up to Oregon oh, yeah. and play Oregon State and Oregon. And that might be tough. Um tough on us because we, we might build some some confidence again like we kind of had with the first few, you know, what we were 4-0 and in, in conference play out of the gate. And then we could be backsliding right at the wrong time. So I'm not entirely confident about those two games. No, I'm not either. But, I mean, if we can split that and if we can uh, beat Washington, then obviously beat ASU. Last game of the season. Yeah, and, and that's the big we, one, Our right? chances are pretty good. Yeah, and then we've helped build our resume. And then Miller says, you know, has made a big point of getting that first buy uh, into the Pac-12 tournament being critical because three games and in, in four or f- four games in four days is just too much. Cutting it down to three is makes a big difference. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's implausible. I don't think any of us at this point think this is a particularly good team. I mean, if you pull up Ken Palm, uh, Arizona's rolling in at. 65. Um, you know, the good news is ASU's at 53 and Oregon's at 48. Um, and then Washington's at 35. So it's hardly, hardly a murderer's row. And those are the only teams above us in Ken Palm. So, um, actually our adjusted offensive efficiency at Ken Palm is pretty respectable. Um, and, and as well as our defense, you know, I don't see anything in here that leaps out, but I think when you look at this team and you watch it play and you've been uh, admittedly a very spoiled Arizona fan for a lot of years, you know, it's not Arizona quality basketball. Is is that a fair indictment or is that too harsh? No, it's fair. I mean, there's a lot of fans that are not happy with, uh, with this year's team. And I mean, maybe they had higher expectations. Um, but I mean, the reality is, is that it's a down, down year, you know, the, with the uh, ESPN uh, article that came out and us losing all our recruit whole recruiting class, pretty much, except for Brandon Williams. Um, I mean, it's just, what can you do? And, yeah. But we'll definitely be back next year with the number one recruiting class. Yeah, I just got into Twitter with a guy from Washington. He's like, did you see the class we're bringing in? I'm like, yeah, I can't remember how Arizona's class looks. Remind me. So, um 
Yeah, I, th- I totally agree with you. And my sort of experience with the Sean Miller, uh, and I think we can call it an error now because, you know, we're at that point. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I watched Oregon and during their Final Four run, and, and they were with us for a couple of years in their legit competition. And, and, you know, Vegas is a place to be, and Arizona shows out, and we're the reason that tournament's, you know, what it is. And, right. um, you know, Oregon's there for a couple of years. Colorado that was there for one year. Um UCLA has been there for a couple years, but for a team to, to be there for more than one year, the only time I can think of is Oregon, the two years um, leading up to their final four run was the only time they were a legitimate competition for us. We've had ebbs and flows. Obviously we haven't always won it, but year after year after year, we're the team that other teams are competing with. So I, I don't see why this would be any different. I do think going forward, Washington could be a team that's consistently in the top four, but I don't think you can, you can rule UCLA out going forward just because of its tradition and talent. Oh yeah. I mean, it's always better when UCLA uh, is, is, has a good squad because then, you know, it just makes the whole conference better. So hopefully they'll, they'll get a good coach and, and get a better uh, team. Yeah, have you heard anything on the coaching front for those guys? I have not. I haven't heard anything about their coach as far as like any potential candidates or anything like that yet. Yeah, it's been pretty quiet. I guess you wouldn't expect that in season anyhow. So um, unless they're looking to pick up somebody who's not actively coaching, but I, I wouldn't expect that to be the case. I imagine that's going to be a pretty hot commodity down the road. So um, I think that's all the big stuff. I, you know, I, I would have been hard pressed to call it Washington, Arizona State, Oregon State, UCLA, USC, Utah, Arizona. Uh, Oregon, Oregon being the biggest surprise there, you know, with them being the preseason number one, with, but, but with losing Bowl Bowl, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's often touted that um, that Dana's, you know, that that other coach, because I, I don't think any of us were hanging much, uh, weren't hanging our hats on Alford at UCLA. What do you make of uh, Altman's performance this season with Oregon? Um, I mean, I think he's doing uh, okay. I mean, losing Bobo and uh, having the injuries that they've had, that's been pretty tough. But, uh, you know, he has them. He has them doing, doing all right. I thought, I thought they were going to be able to, to still be at the top of the pack. But, I mean, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Yeah, when they came in and they and they you know they got oh, who'd they get back in that game? Uh, um, Wooten. Wooten, yeah. When they got Wooten back, and then again, I, I think, and you know, maybe this is the the homer in me. I, I think when we play teams, we get you know it's their Super Bowl. It's you know there's a lot of look at that UCLA game. I mean they 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 laid it to us and that, that's a lot of frustration. That's a, that's a lot of competition. Oh, yeah. That's a legitimate uh, rival. You could tell from the Arizona state game, you know, and I quote, they are sick of sick of losing teams want to beat us. Cause we consistently beat them. I mean, you know, Miller's records against opponents on these, even on road trips is just stunningly, uh, you know, he's stunningly successful. And I understand that these programs, even though Washington or Arizona state might be higher ranked Oregon state finally coming through, um, they want to beat us and we're going to get that little extra effort. Um, and so I think that oh, yeah. does tip the tables against us in almost every situation. Cause that's a, a, a win that teams are going to put a feather in their cap over. Is, is that a fair assessment? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a fair assessment. Every time uh, anybody sees Arizona across the, our chest, I mean, they somehow play out of their minds and, and, you know, it's just, just comes with the territory. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
let's talk a little bit about that ASU with Hurley running the, the lap. So I, I have pushed back. I, I did not buy that. So however many points Arizona has beat ASU over the last six games, you know, whether that be in the mid seventies or in the nineties, you know, I, I'm not going to spend the time going through every single one, but like just by my rough run through, I thought it was in the nineties. So supposedly uh-huh. ran baseline to baseline sprints before the game to some number that high. Are you buying that story or, or am I being uh, unnecessarily rigid? I'm not buying that story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would have been like, how many, how many would that? Let's been? say it's 75 just to like, whatever, keep it simple. Uh, 75 yeah, baseline buying. to baseline sprints. Come on. Really? No. I, yeah. I'm not buying that. I think that's hyperbole. I just don't buy it. I don't oh, yeah. buy it. But of course, ASU with their Mandrake level uh, belief in all things ASU, this is just like hook, line, and sinker. Oh yeah. He ran all these. He's crazy. I, I was just like, come on. You really expect us to believe the story. That's nonsensical. So yeah, I don't know. I kind of had a chuckle about that. Not that I would die on that hill, but I, it made me laugh. So um, that's all I have on, on our current basketball. I think, I think if we were at the top of the standings, you know, um, you know, we, we would dive into Washington and, and, uh, parse it out. Uh, maybe if you have a little time, uh, right before the game, maybe we can bang out a quick preview, but I'd certainly like to get back with you maybe, uh, at the end of the next week and, and wrap up the two, uh, Washington schools and see where we're at. And hopefully it'll be, uh, after a couple W's and, uh, we'll be looking optimistically, um, uh, towards the next week and, and we're in higher standings in the pac 12. Is there anything you wanted to cover before we uh, wrapped it up? No, that's about it. Yeah, I'd love to uh, keep doing these podcasts and we can hopefully touch base before the Washington game, if not after the two games. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking about some wins. Yeah, it's always tough for everybody to coordinate all their schedules and stuff. And, you know, I'm sure the people who listen to the podcast know this and, you know, you, you, you know, you got a life and you manage a, a website on top of it being a part of your fandom. And listen, it's fun to do these things. You know, it's not like it's something I don't want to do. This is something, but it's something we do with our free time. And so sometimes it's hard to produce content on a consistent basis. You know, something comes up for you. Something comes up for me. That's just life. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna try and make it a thing. Uh, definitely want to remind people to follow you on Twitter at players program you and head over to the website, uh, players program you.com. This is, uh, one of the things we talked about at the start, um, is it's a free, um, board site. And why don't you tell a little bit about, you know, why, why you'll always have that as a free site for Arizona fans. Well, I mean, it's always going to be free. And I just think that, uh, no offense to any of the pay sites uh, that are out there. You know, I support all the U of A sites and, um, content that they, that they bring us. But I mean, I just want there to be a free place for all Wildcats fans to go. And I mean, we definitely have some good sources to start off when i when i made the site i had one really good source um and then believe it or not after uh what raleigh alkins got when he hurt broke his what was it his, his foot i think um i had another source come to me and tell me hey this is what's going on and then um it was before anybody knew and then um i've had some other sources come so i've just built sources just from having the site and um i've learned you know to just make sure I have more than one reliable source. And, oh uh, yeah, I just want to make sure to keep it free for the fans. Um, it's a great community of, of uh, Wildcat fans there. There's not too much negativity, and it's just a good place to go, especially a place to go uh, after a loss or, or, or a win, you know, just to vent. 
Yeah, I think the beauty of the boards, like I'm on pay sites and, you know, they can be expensive. And I agree with you. I don't know that the content on the pay sites is is all that great. Um, and the, the insider information is almost always from the pay sites. And, and certainly these guys are making a living off of it. So they have time to, you know, work their sources and stuff. But what I find on the pay site is, well, you know, we gave you hints or, you know, we knew this was going to happen or we couldn't tell you this or whatever. And so, you know, you, in retrospect here that they knew all these things were going to happen. And I always kind of rise, raise a little bit of an eyebrow at that. I I don't know if that's smoke blowing or, or what Um, I could certainly understand how someone wouldn't want to reveal their sources or if someone gave them a piece of information, but ask them to sit on it because they have insight, you know, certainly they wouldn't want to violate that trust. But you know, one of the things I like about you on Twitter and I've jumped in there and called people on it. If they've given you a hard time is I've never seen you throw out something that wasn't, you know, you know, reasonably, uh, consistent and sourced and, and, um, you know, it's not like you're wildly speculating. And I think that was one of the things that, that on the, the, the originator site was really a problem and it, and it created a lot of contention and, um, Oh yeah. And listen, I think we all get things wrong. There's nothing wrong with having an opinion or insight or, or a quote source. And you know, it just doesn't hash out the way you thought it was going to. But, you know, you're relaying information, A, for free, and B, with good intent. And, and I think the important thing for people to take away from it is, like, you're an Arizona fan, and, and sometimes it's hard to be positive. And I think now when you look around the program with a basketball you know, we can't just say, what about basketball season and football being football, football in Arizona and, you know, frustration are, are a common thread. I think it's really easy for people to be negative and just knock on the program and knock on the coaches and stuff. And I'm not prone to optimism, but I, I really try to, um, you know, get that out of my, uh, the, the podcast Twitter feed. And I try to get that off the podcast because, you know, I think it's reasonable to be critical and point out, you know, pros and cons, but like those of those that have listened to the, uh, football podcast, Brandon's like the eternal optimist. And I think that's really good. I think it's important because, um, you know, if you're not talking about things getting better or improving or, or have some hope, like what's the point in fandom. And sometimes it can feel yep. like that. Like, you know, you're just like, you want to, you know, come home and, you know, cancel your tickets and never watch another <laughs> game. Cause it's so disappointing, but you can't have oh, yeah. like the highs of the excitement if you don't have the lows of the losing. Right. I mean, it doesn't, it's not like the dark and the light. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I was at the uh, Arizona ASU football game was pretty low, but <laughs> yeah, that, and I went to, going to get the, better. I only went to ASU the previous year. Yeah. I mean, when we went for two on that, in the second quarter, I'm like, Kevin, what are you doing? Speaking of, let's spend yeah. a little time on this. Cause we'll definitely, so, uh, you know, we've kind of preliminarily talked about how we'll be approaching football season and stuff. And obviously that's way down the road. We got to get through basketball season, but yeah. you know, going for two, the second quarter, listen, man, if, if I'm being completely fair, I'm, I, I love, I really like someone's recruiting. I know you could knock this first class on absolute numbers, but I think the size he's bringing in, um, and the approach he's taken is real impressive. And, and the people he's offering in these subsequent classes look real nice. And that's his forte. But his in-game yep. management, based on his history at Texas A&M and subsequently in that game, uh, I have legitimate concerns about that aspect of the game. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, there's times where he's punting and I'm like, why are we going to punt? You know, we can either go for a field goal or just go for it on fourth down. And then, like you said, going for two. So hopefully that changes. I don't know. I just... I don't know. Well, I've always felt like Arizona was a kind of football program where, you know, 
let me ask you this. Is the basketball program moniker hurt football recruiting? What do you think? No, I don't think it does. I don't think so. I mean, we're always going to be looked at as a basketball school. Uh, but now we got a big name coach. We got uh, DeMarco Murray now. Um, our offensive line coach that we just got, he was also an ex NFL player. Um, so, I mean, I think if we can, uh, just turn it around somehow, then, you know, we can, we can kind of get the football, Arizona football out there, you know, and hopefully we'll start having some good seasons. Yeah, I mean, people will rattle off like Kansas and Duke and Kentucky and, and North Carolina, although North Carolina's had some decent decent football experience. But, you know, as sort of the, the block on that, because football players aren't going to want to come and be second fiddle. So I, it's interesting getting your take on that. I kind of wonder about that sort of jinx or curse or, or uh, hold back at the program. But I think you take it, right? I mean, you know, to be an elite basketball program um, nationally – you know, I, I, I'm a bigger football fan. Are you more basketball or a bigger football fan? I'm a bigger basketball fan, but I mean, I like Arizona football almost just as much. So, yeah. So, I mean, just, if it, it's not just right there, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it was up to me, we'd have an elite football program. Uh, don't get me wrong. But I mean, to have an elite program in anything is, you know, exceptional. Not, not very many teams can say they have an elite sports program and so to have a basketball program and the excitement and and the you know the traveling crowds and and to be able to watch the tournament and when arizona goes and plays away and there's all these fans and in the west or in the east and it's really impressive and certainly go to vegas is just an incredible experience anybody hasn't been out there for the pac-12 tournament you just have to go it's it's all u of a and i think even in a down year it's going to be all u of a i mean tucson fans really embrace that Las Vegas experience and just make it a pleasure to go up there and enjoy that tournament. Um, so right. I think that it's, you know, I think you, you make that trade because it is what it is, but I've always argued. And I think what's held us back is our recruiting's always been tough, but like you point out, we've got, you know, someone's really bringing in coaches that, that have recruiting experience. I think, I think, uh, Rich Rod was a very exceptional game calling coach and scheme coach, but obviously his recruiting uh, really um, was lacking. I mean, Brock Heard when I oh, was yeah. going to point out on that broadcast, we were the smallest team he'd seen all season, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, I really don't think that he worked too hard on recruiting. Yeah, no, and, and that was, you know, obviously the knock on Castile before Castile went, and then things got a little better. Uh, but you, you kind of wonder how much that changed. I think Rich Wright's last couple classes were definitely trending in the right direction, but I, I think that's a fair criticism of, of what he brought to the program. But I've always felt like if we could recruit, we'd have a much better chance of turning the corner because uh, selling people on Tucson, you know, we've got the North End Zone upgrade. I mean, if you look back at what Mike Stoops did, it was pretty impressive considering the North End Zone didn't exist. It was bleachers. Right. And he brought in a very consistently brought in really good classes to Arizona and he had a fraction of the facilities. And now Kevin Sublin has, uh, um, uh, indoor practice facility. That's, I, I believe it's one foot longer, one foot wider and one foot taller than ASU's uh, bubble. Have you heard anything specific on that? It is. Yeah. It's one foot longer, one foot wider. <laughs> yeah. I had to take that so. jab because of the stupid screen thing. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. But, um, you know, that that indoor sports facility, anybody who hasn't walked by it, it it's a monster, right? I mean, that thing's huge. It is. It is. It's going to be a game changer for us. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, anyways, I think our facilities have radically upgraded and, and I think, uh, Hickey's doing a nice job in that regard. And, and I know Burns name's kind of mud right now, but I thought he did a good job bringing some facility upgrades to the organization, moving the baseball team out to high court with that kind of stuff. So I think overall it's a much more attractive and it's not like we haven't had football success in the past. I think it's doable. I think you just have to have some consistency. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we're, we're definitely on the rise. So I'm excited for next season. All right. Well, so as, as we get closer to football season, we'll certainly uh, be talking about some stuff. We want to do some uh, contests uh, on your website to, to get um, your, your, uh, your uh, fans there, uh, the people that uh, regularly come to the website engage, and then let them know that there's this media outlet to hear your inputs and insights and hopefully have the opportunity to break some stuff. Um, I'll be cranking this out and we'll get it posted. And uh, it was a pleasure talking with you, Javi. Oh, same here. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Oh, my pleasure, brother. Uh, bear right. down. Bear down.